Blog Talk Radio. Another one is volume three, Viva Fidel, the mixtape. Check it out. Yes, yes. Welcome to Viva Fidel International Revolutionary Radio right here on blogtalkradio.com, exposing the real revolution in action on your radio across the world. We want to say what up, say peace to everybody tuning in. We want to say peace to everybody who's tuned into the past, in the past, and all of the guests that come on. Today we have a very significant show. It's a continuation, part two show, a sequel show to a conversation slash interview that we uh, had earlier, it's archived on the sh- on the site if you want to take a listen to part one. Uh, it's a very in-depth conversation, an interview with myself, Viva Fidel, uh, and the college professor from UWM, Dr. Townsend. Um, and this conversation is, is it's pretty extensive. It's about a little bit of everything from race to politics, education, a little bit of uh, relationships, uh, sexuality, and... Um, also, community and, and hip-hop, most importantly, and how hip-hop can be used as a tool for social change and mobilization and actually unification. Um, not to sound like Jesse Jackson or nothing, but we're going to keep it moving today and continue the second part of that conversation um, with Dr. Townsend, who's on the line now. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Great. Good afternoon today. It's yeah. a great day, and um, I'm I'm excited about continuing the conversation. We got a lot of good feedback. We had a lot of listeners the first time, and a few people called in and chimed in on the chat uh, session. So uh, something that people want to talk about is something that people want to deal with. You, you teach a black realities course at UWM here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Explain to some people who might not know uh, what that course entails and how this conversation is related. Okay, well... The course that I teach is called Black Reality, a Survey of African American Society. Um, as I mentioned in the first show, um, it's an undergraduate course in the Ecology Department. So it's usually the course that people take who are fulfilling their cultural diversity requirements or maybe if they're interested in a major in Ecology or whatever the case may be. But it's the first course they take that gives them an in-depth um, analysis of um, black society, which I think is distinct from um, white and American society, which, again, is a different show. Um, But in the class we discussed, and I mentioned this in the beginning in the first show, but for those listeners who are tuning in uh, for this first time, we study uh, political economy, 
um, structures such as the educational system, criminal justice system, we talk about racism, sexism, colorism, and many other inequalities that pertain to black people in um, society here in the United States. Um, but a significant portion of the course is dedicated to understanding hip-hop culture and the hip-hop generation um, and how it relates to black reality. And as I mentioned a couple of days ago, a part of this is because my particular research interests involve understanding how um, we may start to use hip-hop as a tool for social change in the educational system. So that's where that's at. And before we go any further, um, I don't know how many listeners out there have listened to the first interview, but um, I want to make it clear that when we're talking about hip-hop versus the hip-hop generation, when I'm posing some of the questions that I'm posing, it's important to understand that my students who are actually posing these questions, these questions aren't mine. And when the questions are mine, I kind of preface it that way. Um, but my students are reading Bakari Kitwana's book, um, The Hip Hop Generation. And so when I'm asking questions about hip hop, it's about the hip hop generation in general, which are people from like, let's say, 24 to 35 who are just automatically grouped into this category of the hip hop generation. So when I'm asking Viva Fidel these questions, it's him as, you know, a representative of hip-hop, but also talking about the hip-hop generation. So I want people to understand that. Um, I appreciate that. Last, I appreciate um, you, you making know, that clear. Right, the distinction, right. So it's not, I'm not expecting uh, Fidel to, to um, answer for hip-hop, but as a member of the hip-hop generation, which, I mean, there is, and there's, that's an issue of contention. We're all different. We all come from different places. Um, but I feel that he's a very important member of the hip-hop generation, and so that's why I, you know, I think that his music and his message is important to the, the students that I'm teaching. So I want listeners to make sure that they understand that. Um, last, <laughs> the last interview may have sounded kind of argumentative, and I also want people to know that... Um, it's not an argument. It's not a debate. This is about a critical conversation about issues that are going on within hip hop. That's I think right. That that's, that's how it needs to be understood. So. That's right. Okay. And so, and we're exposing the revolution in action, yeah. meaning we're exposing people's minds going through changes, their ideas changing, their understandings and stereotypes changing, yeah. their perceptions exactly. changing. So so that's what we're dealing with and. You know, that's on everybody's behalf. We're all taking part in this process yes. together. So that's that's very critical. And I okay. appreciate you uh, mentioning that. Right. So I'm thinking um, last Tuesday, the first interview, we kind of ended talking about war going on. There were a couple of interesting comments made by um, some of your listeners. Um, but I'm wondering if you have it available, if you could play war going on, and if we could revisit that topic a little bit more. Absolutely. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, this song is called War Going On. It's part of the assignment in the Black Realities course that's uh, actually having Viva Fidel take a part in. I'm so honored and I appreciate everybody's uh, feedback on the music and on the vibration yeah. in general. <laughs> yeah, this your man Armageddon, Milwaukee's voice, chilling with the hardest working DJs in the business, the record breakers. <laughs> 
That is one of my all-time favorite songs. <laughs> it's called War Going On. And um, those, those sounds that you hear produced by one of my good friends, Analyst. Um, and um, that song is actually almost, almost four years old. So and um, that is it's it's a very very serious song, and so yes, um, it is. I, I I get a lot of a lot of feedback from that song from all over the world. And the reason why I wanted to revisit that is that at the end of our conversation on Tuesday, um, you know, you had a caller call in, and one thing that I want to be clear about is that um. You know, the the way in which you and um, one of your people broke it down is that it's just simple. It's war. It's good and evil. But I think that when we think about it in a critical context, in the context of U.S. society, that the war that you're talking about could be interpreted in many different ways. And that's the, the angle that I was trying to get at. Obviously, we all know what war is. We all know what good and evil is. But when you are... And in terms of choosing your side, I think it's pretty evident that there's good and there's evil, and we make the distinction between the the side that we're going to choose. But when you talk about the war, what specifically are you talking about in your lyrics? And that's what my students are very interested in. I says, um, in my lyrics, I say it's an intense atmosphere the world living in fear. The message is clear. Be scared or get prepared because it's only going to get worse. Look out for your family first. They feel like somebody about to push the nuclear button. To them, our lives mean nothing. They destroyed the globe. Now they're trying to escape their doom on their way to Mars and the moon. More news at noon. Yeah. Everybody got a strap. The yeah. streets ain't safe because we living in a police state. Think of Hitler when you see the president's picture. <laughs> and People better rise that. up. It's time to organize. Niggas better rise up and make some sense out of this mess before it meets you at your doorstep. Ain't no time to wait to heed the warning. We already grieving and mourning at the loss of our loved ones. It's time to leave the lost daughters and sons. We knew this time would come. And that's the war I'm talking about, the, 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 the war that is right outside our front doors, the yeah. wars that we see when we turn on our, our, our TV or when we look out the window, the wars that we deal with amongst our family, um, the wars that we deal with amongst our extended community family. Or that we see in popular culture, as we discussed last last time. Exactly, and and the wars... Of the uh, oh, and the wars of mind control that that yes. that are really real. That's that's one of the other main. Absolutely. That's one of the other main uh, points in the song and in the war saying choose your side because now, um, if people look at it in terms of diet and that's again how I'm sometimes communicated to young people. Oh, think yeah. about diet and what you put in your mouth and yeah. how that might make you feel. Or you eat certain things and you say, this is going to make me strong. Or you eat certain things and you say, this is going to make me gain weight. Or you drink certain things and you say, oh, man, I'm going to be messed up after I drink this. So it's no different um, in choosing your side as far as what you let into your mind and what you let into your mental, which, you know, shapes your thoughts and your ideas, which shapes your reality. 
And so the war that's a waste against the people is, is, is about misinformation, and I talk about that a little bit, and I talk about the responsibility of the people to fight back in terms of, you know, uh, actually I'm communicating about things that are going on in, in, in a way that, you know, I'm telling my truth versus the, the information that the people have gotten about certain things. This is my truth. I'm, I'm at war with the lies that have been, you know, kind of put on people in a very vicious way. That's the war that I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. So now, now this isn't a question that I was originally going to ask, but um, as I mentioned, I would say 90% of the students in the course that I teach are white. And I think if we think about racial identity development and, and learning about new ideas, um, white people want to know what their role in the revolution is. So when you talk about this war, how do you conceptualize it in the context of race? Um, well, I think on a, on a very basic level, again, you know, I, I just I, I kind of answer those questions in a very basic level because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we don't have all the type of time that's probably needed right. or allowed right now to be able to really go go in where that answer probably is. But people hopefully can take the basics and, you know, search within themselves and, and, and really kind of admit the answers that they know are there. Um, that they might be not ready to deal with, um, right. because the the the, um, the the in the context of race with that with that war, I think it, it really comes down to a um, self definition and being able to identify yes. for yourself, um, you know, who you are and what you are, and being able to um, do some real research and some realistic um, fact finding. Um, about other people outside of yourself, if I'm talking directly to your white students, um, mm-hmm. as if they're taking this class, that's a step in itself. And um, yeah. I think that that's an important part of the um, the process as far as breaking down a lot of the racism um, because a lot of people just don't know um, or, or, or they don't want to know. And so um, a lot of times they do know, um, but they um, don't want to let go of, right. of of certain things that are not true, just simply not true. And, and to believe the lies is, is sometimes more empowering for some people or it's more blissful, it's more enjoying for some people. They enjoy that, uh, that lie more it than can, they would the reality. Inconvenient. Yeah, convenience. That yeah, that's what I mean about you know it's just a, it's just a, it's just a psychological enjoyment where you know you don't have to deal with a certain truth like you know if if you knew that you was gonna get in trouble and get a whipping when you got home because you was acting up at school but you didn't never have to go home to face that consequence you know what I mean which is you just never go home to face the consequence so um, I think the 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 main part that race plays in it is is, is a deep part for our discussion in our hip-hop generation's discussion and conversation because we're in the process of breaking down a lot of the barriers and a lot of the, um, um, I guess, uh, really systematic um, barriers that exist um, between young people and then between, you know, young people of different races and different backgrounds and different uh, cultures. So I think hip-hop is a big step in that direction, but, you know, right white 
um, white people as well as the rest of the young people can't be um, narrow-minded into thinking that it, it, it just breaks down to race. Um, yeah. A lot of times it, it, it simply breaks down to those basics of, you know, what's, what's just and what's unjust. Yeah. What's right and what's wrong. So you know you can you can stay on the divide of race forever and a day, but uh, there will come some point where you will consider that wait a minute, we all getting fucked just the same. Well, you know there will come some point where I think the race context comes as 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 uh, as somebody once you know kind of put it to me like you know we all the same when it comes down. Uh, to the gas pump, like you know, we all paying the same at the, <laughs> gas, at the gas station. So yes, I don't care if you white, analogy. you think that you got some sort of whatever, whatever. When it comes down to who's getting got, we all getting got by the same okay. people. So um, you know, it's, it's, it takes a deep analysis to be able to sometimes uh, put you know those things that we've been programmed uh, to take part in and to believe in. You know, people we systematically trained in, in a racist educational system and a racist religious system and a racist country so um people are going to have those kind of prejudices and those those issues and a lot of them haven't been resolved and people still aren't getting treated um with justice and, and the people aren't getting treated fairly across the board so um you're going to have some things that you have to deal with and, and, and it's 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 pretty uh, self-describing if you ask me. That's why I said, like, if you go and if you search within, if you research other things in other people and other cultures and, and the politics of the day outside of the mind frame of of, of, of yourself, even as, as we have to do as non-white people, we have to look at it through everybody's eyes to understand yeah. it and to be able to conceptualize what we're supposed to do in this because we already understand we're under attack. Non-white people and non-black people are starting to understand that they're under attack as well when it comes down exactly. to the way that this government is, is headed and the way that, you know, the, uh, the, the the downfall of the country is headed. Everybody is starting to realize a little something different and saying, wait a minute, um, you know, my safety net or my, you know, comfort net that I thought that I had just based on, you know, me being in a certain status quo in my um country or in my community even that don't mean anything anymore or that's that's okay. falling through then everybody starts to think about things a little different and so i think the way that things are headed it will force people to think things differently and the conversation will start to happen as you're starting to hear it on a national scale now the conversation is changing and and and, and it's interesting to listen to it because um you know um, the masses are, 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 are crying out for help. The government yeah. is crying out for help. I mean, everybody's crying out for help. And, you know, that's just like, you know, any other crying. You know, we all cry out the same. We all believe the yeah. same, as they say. You know, we all have the same We all have the same concerns, ultimately, when it comes down to the survival of our future. You know what I'm saying? Some of us yeah. might not care about our own survival, but, you know, the survival of our future is meaning, like, the kids and so on and so forth. A lot of us have the same um, concerns and issues, and, 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 and then so certain things become irrelevant. Right. And that's why I'm probing you on this song, and... and Again, to um, Divine Life, I believe that's who was on the line when we were talking about um, war going on. It seems obvious to him, but I think that when we're talking about the war going on in Choose Your Side, I think that your lyrics are pretty provocative and and, and powerful in that you can interpret this war to mean any number of things. 
And so are we talking about a race war? Are we talking about a class war? Are we talking about a war of interest in United States society? And that's why I wanted to push that. So, yes, all my students know what war is. There's good evil and good and all that stuff. But they were interested in what exactly you meant by that war because they've studied you, you know, they've, they've researched you. And they were very interested in how you conceptualized this war that was going on, and so that's why I pushed that question. And and, and oh. that's like that's that's you know that song was actually also I give you some more background on that song. It was actually inspired by by Marley's song called War, mm-hmm. and in that that's song, Bob Marley talked about wars and rumors of wars. And, you know, that's, that's one of the quotes from the Bible that people refer to when they talk about these days when, mm-hmm. and when they're talking about the, the revelations yeah. of, you know, that war will be revealed. Yeah. It will be wars and rumors of war. So you're right when you say that um, it can be uh, perceived as all kind of different things because yeah. it is exactly that. It's not a perception. It is all kind of different wars. Yeah. It is a war on many different fronts. And I hope that the students somewhat realize that through um, – not only the song, but just the conversation and the topics and the day-to-day events that are going on. The, yeah. the song is basically, you know, touching on a lot of different issues because so many different things are thrown at us every day. And if you're not careful, you know, like I said, those things start to somewhat shape your reality, shape your mind, shape your actions. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're not even dealing with your own reality. You're dealing with somebody else's reality yeah. because you're a prisoner of war, because you're a prisoner exactly. of their war. And so, you know, what what I do as far as um, my music is, and, and a lot of other things that I do, but particularly music is what I do is is, is go to war verbally and go to war um, um, through the power of the words um, against the evils of of today. You know what I mean? Of the, right. the different things that that I deal with in my music um, and. It's, it's 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 really kind of self-evident to a lot of people. That's why, I mean, that's for example, that's why um, that's why the propaganda machine is so intense right now. That's why the lies are so intense right now because the they know the powers that be, quote unquote. They know that the people are aware. They know that the people are not all the way blind anymore and not all the yep. way just totally dumb anymore. So they have to keep a constant assault on the people, you know, yep. through, through a corporate assault and a cultural assault. They have to keep, you know, uh, uh, an assault on you uh, as far as, um, you know, on a corporate level, throwing different things out there just to keep people in the damn days. And they keep it an assault culturally, just throwing all kind of misinformation and all kind of irrelevant disinformation yep. Um, on a, on a, on a constant basis, um, you know. One example being like um, the dealing what we're dealing with now with the Obama situation. I mean, there's so much irrelevant stuff being talked about because they don't want you to talk about what's relevant and what's really um, supposed to be on the table. You know, we will we'll be talking about some other stuff that don't matter this month, next month, and for the next you know a few months. It won't. The stuff that will, will be on the table, as far as what the masses are talking about, won't even matter. And you know that's by design. And so that's part of the war that 
we have to speak to as MCs, as artists who do the type of music that I do. We speak to that world because we understand the platform that we have with our music. And, you know, I think the war, like, on a more literal level, like, to my students, a lot a lot of students who take this class tell me, you know, I've I learned all this information, what am I supposed to do with it? And it's even a war in themselves. Like, when I hear... When I hear my family tell a racist joke, what do I say? When I hear my coworkers say something that's um, questionable in in the context of race or whatever the case may be, what do I do? So I think that it's important to um, note that too, that it's yeah. personal it's, as well it's, as it's as very well. personal. And in this song, that's the perspective I'm coming from. I said, since a seed, I've seen this thing for all it's worth. All over the earth, wars and rumors of more. We headed for self-destruction, yep. but I just can't sit back and do nothing. From the booth to the block, we got to spread the gospel. Free some slaves when possible. Kill the crackers responsible. Your life got to be about more than material gain. With so many people who are your fame, living so much pain. You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking exactly. about it from, I'm, I'm talking about it from a point where, you know, we have to speak to it in the terms of, you know what, when you see things going on and it's, and it's right in front of your face, you can't sit back and just not do nothing or you are as guilty and your your silence exactly. is as guilty as whatever somebody else saying. Your silence is worse. And, okay. so, and so people have to step step up within themselves and have the courage to be able to step out of where they're at in their comfort zone and, and be something better and be something something brand new. And that's that's part of what hip-hop represents in itself. Yes, absolutely. And that kind of hits on the last question that we talked about. But before we get to that, I would, if you have it available, I would love if you could play Real Talk because that is the song that touched most of my students the most, not only because of the lyrics, of the song, but because of the video. So, if you could play Real Talk, that would be wonderful. The visuals uh, for the Real Talk song they're available on YouTube.com yes. backslash Viva Fidel TV. Everyone jump right into this. Jump right it. into this interview um, because last time we ran out of time. Basically, there's so much to be covered, so much to be talked about. So once again, if you just tuning in, you listen to the sounds of Viva Fidel International Revolutionary Radio, exposing the revolution in progress, in process right now, in action. You have the Dr. Townsend, college professor from. UWM on the line right now. We're talking about a lot of things, dealing with a lot of things. You're about to hear one of the songs that has been uh, listened to and critiqued. The video is available on YouTube.com backslash Viva Fidel TV. Like I said, it's called Real Talk. And uh, listen to the lyrics and um, see if you can see what this sample comes from, too, if any of you music is out there. <laughs> Y'all want to listen to see where the sample came, you know. And, can uh, we like have a trivia and a prize or something? Trivia and a prize. A sample. Word on the sample. Sure, sure, we could. We'll see if it's on the sample. Okay, let's have we'll a call and calling. All right, so um, okay, here it goes. The song is called "Real Talk." Listen to the lyrics. Besides, just have to, you know, what I'm saying, grab some of them old scribbles. Can't rehash this shit on the paper. Besides, you gotta resurrect that old stuff. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's still new It's forever Ow! Ow! It's historical It's legendary 
legacy that we represent. Let me talk a little bit about that. Speak to it. The legacy that was laid before our parents was made. They produce a new breed, establish a new creed To lead the ghetto youth into a new direction Cause they passing plenty laws while the people ain't checking Cause all this fear is spreading like the plague Every day front page it's a new charade Another terrorist escapade The CIA orchestrate Lives lost checkmate It's a police safe Hip-hop is the last voice In the last days And I'ma keep on saying it Cause nobody else is playing it With all these distractions And European traditions It's no wonder we under these up conditions Except your own and be yourself Said an old wise black man We gotta start right there Our own attack plan What y'all wanna hear about Material dreams The things real people die to get All they life They stress the pursuit of luck and never find happiness That's nothing to me I got a peace of mind But at the same time I shine like a king supposed to And I hope you have the best For yourself and your kids I write like I'm doing a beard At night I'm flipping my lid Who wanna join the cypher Despite the curfew And freestyle I serve you But I'd rather drop gems And battle you losers And all of your friends I get down devils That's actually living And controlling your thoughts You got your up in the system Got us filling up the prisons And poisoning our own children They say don't point the finger Look what we doing to ourselves We need some help But does anybody hear our cries Or we all have to die Before we ask why It's freedom or death Out the front steps of your door It's a war against the poor for sure And we the grassroots gorillas Going to war against the genocide With the tools to spread the message And the skills to get inside The minds of the deaf, dumb and blind And the ability to climb to the epitome And speak to the potential of the little G's To me it's kinda simple Cause I see the enemy clear That's why I talk so serious When you lend me your ear and the clock is ticking, I'm kicking it the most real Some that you can feel and utilize on the battlefield Yes, right back live, Viva Fidel International Revolutionary Radio Welcome back to the interview part two of the Black Realities and Hip Hop Conversation Dr. Talbot So, I think that, um, well, for me, Real Talk is my favorite Viva Fidel song Because I think that it embodies so many aspects of black reality, um, especially when it comes to the prison industrial complex and, and the criminal justice system, which is something that my students haven't focused on yet, but within the next coming upcoming semesters, um, we will. But there is a question about real talk that um, I'm hoping you'll be able to answer. But um, you mentioned that when it comes to, in, in the song Real Talk, that there is freedom or death. So can you expound on exactly what you mean by that? That was um, a quote um, and a mantra from days gone by. Um, Mm -hmm. There are people throughout time that have been quoted saying things that um, mean the exact same thing. Yes, Arnold King, Malcolm X, yeah. Yeah, every 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 um, time you have a people that or a person that is um, in a situation where it's a life or death situation, um, you know, you, I mean, you better pay attention to the things that come out of the situation or come out of the expression, like their mouth or their body language or all kind of different things. Um, if you have an opportunity to sit back and watch a situation like that, it's, it's pretty intense. And um, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's no different with what's going on um, with with 
this country and with um, black people, particularly in this country, is a situation of life or death. And once again, um, that speaks directly to a, a war, and that speaks directly to also a negotiation. Oh, explain that. Because What's the negotiation? Because it's not necessarily um, the or. The or in between the freedom and death um, is basically significant of the mission of negotiating. Um, and that's what, that's what again, hip-hop represents. Uh, um, and that's, again, what my music kind of tries to present itself as a negotiation. And we're basically you know, trying to put it all into context. Um, I said, it's freedom or death outside your door. It's a war against the poor, against the poor for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when you're in a, a, a poverty-stricken situation yep. or when you're in a, 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 a isolated situation, isolated from outside of the American quote-unquote dream, outside of shit, employment, you understand, outside of gainful yep. employment, outside of education. Um, and a lot of times, you know, our our people end up getting pushed to the wayside, and, you know, it's life or death, and it's a war against us because we realize that, okay, um, the system is basically in layers against us. We figure it out after a while, and some of us figure it out right away that it's not really designed to work in our favor. It's actually designed to keep us um, outside of it. So mm-hmm. um, we're, you know, we've been we've been witnessing this war forever in terms of of our battles of good versus evil, of people wanting to um, have equal rights or people wanting to have human rights. Period. Or we've seen we've seen it in a lot of different ways. So. We say we go we go to war against the genocide. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's part of the war as well. We we talk about that when we say it's freedom or death. Um, we say that's our mantra because we won't stop um, our fight because yeah. we know that uh, we 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 we're fighting the right fight. And and if you mm-hmm. can look back through history and, and shit, you got to be crazy not to know that by now. You know the yeah. right, the the right from the wrong side, and you might can say, "Well, I just started today, and I just came uh, some sort of sort of awakening, or this is my first experience with black reality, or or you you had experience with your own reality, then you had experience with white reality, then. So what does that mean to you, or what does that mean yeah. to you? And so we have to kind of you know draw from those different experiences because um, you know history is is. is is right now, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. right now. It's, it's no different. So that's part of the, the reason for just even invoking that slogan or that mantra or that actual uh, discipline of freedom or death. Well, and I'm so glad you said that because you know, um, we talked a little bit about this in the first interview, but the concept of choose your side to some people may be very evident. To me, it's pretty evident. But when we're talking about people who have never thought critically about the issues that pertain to black people, to um, oppressed people, have never thought about this concept of you have to choose your side. And when you do choose your side, you're giving up something. You're sacrificing something. And that's why I push that so much. And I think that that was a little bit downplayed in the first 
interviewed because it seems so obvious, like good, evil, um, you know, all those dichotomies. But the reality is that you do have to choose a side. And when you choose your side, for some people, that means giving up a part of your identity. And I don't think that that's a bad thing, but I think that that's something that needs to be said. I don't know. Do you agree? Um, I think that that's definitely a part of it. I think mm-hmm. that I think that um, you know, if you know, there's always uh, several ways of looking at it. But I think that mm-hmm. also they could uh, look at it as as gaining something new. And, yeah. And choosing their side to also mean gaining something new. And you know, Thank you might you. not ever miss what you thought you was going to go of because you might not ever had nothing anyways that you thought you was holding on to. So Thank you. Um, uh, there's a there's a there's a big um, there's a big thin line as they say there's a big thin line between love and hate you know what I'm saying and so it, it, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's real those those dichotomies as you call them um, they're very simple and they're very real and so when you when we when we have to choose those sides on a day to day basis um, there is some sacrifice that has to take place. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what I mean, and and it's and it starts within. You know what I mean. It starts with yeah. Well, and especially the type of knowledge that you have about what the war is and what the war entails and how it affects you, because I think it affects everybody. I mean, that's what I attempt to teach, but that's the reality. So, I thank you for reiterating that. So. I had another question that might that isn't related to um, real talk, but it's kind of an interesting question. And again, I want to reiterate to you and to your listeners that when my students are talking about hip hop, they're not necessarily talking about hip hoppers and rappers, but they're talking about the hip hop generation. And again, I plug Bakari Kitwana's book, The Hip Hop Generation. That's the text that most of my students are relying on when they are um, formulating their questions about this. So those of you who are not in the know, it's kind of a classic within hip-hop studies, but um, I need to let that be known. But um, I'm going to kind of go on to the next question, if that's okay with you, Fidel. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. That's that's good. I appreciate the overview. Okay. If there would be a figure within the next 20 years to be the newest and best symbol of the hip-hop generation, who would that be? The, mo- the movement itself has been symbolized by moguls like Jay-Z, Russell Simmons, Robert Johnson, etc. But who is that person going to be that will transcend the boundaries and barriers to reach all people? And again, these are student questions, not my questions. Um, besides me. <laughs> besides you. Can um, you see any other figures transcending those boundaries to reach all people? You know, we've um, got think, the stable people. I don't know. I think it's, I don't know if it will ever, like, I don't, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I don't know. I will. Um, I think that the culture in itself will continue to, you know what I mean, as a whole, I think that's what it, it, it does. So I don't think there's many artists right now who are not, um, you know, pushing it to all different kind of realms and limits um, as far as crossing boundaries and bringing people together. But do you think that that's the primary objective of most artists? 
to bring people together or is it to make money? And I'm just asking you this, not like from your, like as if that's your mission, but from your, from your perspective of somebody who's in the industry, like is that the primary objective? Um, You know, I, I don't know for a lot of people uh, what, you know, I don't, I don't really know, but, you know, sometimes there's a front mission and then there's a bigger mission behind mm-hmm. that mission, you know, and so, um, and then a lot of times there's a bigger mission and so that we, we, we might not even have a direct control over, but that we have a direct effect in. And so there, you know, that, that, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's, I guess that's to be said on an individual basis, what you right. ask, but at the same time, um, it's a bigger mission involved. And so we all part of a bigger scheme of things. And that's one thing also that hip-hop reminds us of, that, you know, even though, um, you know, it's so much on the outside of what hip-hop is that could be, you know, you could use the pick and pluck and, you know, tear it apart. But on the inside of what hip-hop is and actually is doing in manifestation, um, it's a whole other thing sometimes, and so right. that's a that's a good thing to to, to bring to light is that um, you know there's it may look like one thing, but there may be, be another thing happening in general, and that other thing is what we need to be examining a lot of times rather than spending our time picking apart the things on the outside that are yeah. the obvious, you know, that are the obvious uh, things. That's just like if I walk out the house with uh, um, a cowboy hat on and a bathrobe. And and some and some um and no no shoes, people gonna think like oh wow you know he's bugging he's crazy and and all this kind of stuff you know not knowing I might have just walk woke up that day and just felt like making everybody think I was crazy and right. you know and, and so sometimes you know we had to step back and stop and think about things and kind of undress things and and deal with them as what they are rather than what they look like or what they're presented right. to be Cause what you said is the actual the actual balance of it and asking, you know, is it to make money or is it to bring people together? Uh, one thing is the cause, one thing is the effect. One thing is the effect, one thing is the cause. So it's kind of like, well, you know, you can, you know, you can look at either one. You can examine either one and you can go ahead and break down either one. But, you know, it, I think that for your own purpose, you know, what serves your purpose, that's what, that's what you're going to look at. You know, so if your purpose is to look at it one way or, and to express it that way and reflect it that way, then that's what you're going to look at. But, um, I think on a bigger on a bigger level, like my my way, I have to look at it. I have to express it, and I have to process uh, it. The way I have to do it is 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 based on even sometimes bigger than what I think about it, bigger than how I actually personally feel about it. But it's you know part of how I have to present it. Right, and I think that part of what frames that question is again, as I mentioned to your listeners last week. Another article that they read was um, by an, a historian named, by the name of Derek Albridge, and he kind of juxtaposed the mission and the um, realities of the civil rights generation versus hip-hop generation and talked about similarities and differences. And so when my students are talking about the, the hip-hop generation, they may be talking about it in juxtaposition to the civil rights generation, which I think the aim, while fundamentally the same, might be a little bit different in terms of It's a good connection to draw for the students, for sure. Right, exactly. And so that's what I want your listeners to know when they're hearing, when they're listening to these questions and they're listening to this conversation, 
So when they say who is going to be, you know, the next symbol of the hip-hop generation, when we talk about the civil rights generation, we can talk about Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King, Medgar Evers. I mean, we can go QP Newton. We can go on and on and on about the symbols of the civil rights generation. But when we talk about the hip-hop generation, which is supposedly going to be the generation that's carrying us on from the legacy of the, the civil rights generation, who are we to, you know, who should we be looking at? And I think that wow. that was, was the aim of that question. Wow. And I think I don't think it can be answered, to, to be quite honest. Can, I, can I speak to that? Yeah. Or, is, or is, that, is, that a, is that leading to a question? No, it's not. You can okay. speak to that. Um, wow. And that is exactly um, a part of the problem about where we at and how we got here. Mm-hmm. Because from my humble seat where I'm at, I don't think that that connection should be drawn. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's so interesting, and I think, you know, later on we'll be even able to study this, you know, hundreds of years later we'll be looking back at this and we'll be like, mm-hmm. getting better, able to break this down a little bit better. But, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. But anyways, um, I'm also thinking about this in terms of the history um, of our people and our story and our uh, our our struggle. Um, at the time of the civil rights era or, you know, what you were just talking about um, mm-hmm. before hip-hop, um, there was always music. There was always a voice. Yep of the people that came, you know, with the music and that came with entertainment value as well. Um, And then, you know, this time is not no different, but the only thing is now, you know, the rappers are, or this hip-hop generation has been somehow, you know, because we're the sons of and the daughters of the civil rights generation, um, we we have to carry the torch, but at the same time, um, you know, the artists, aren't necessarily bred or taught or trained um, to be like those people that you named um, because a lot of them are just simply the artists. They would be the James Browns of the day. They would be the, you know, the Marvin Gaye's or the Lion of Family or whoever, whatever of those days. They wouldn't be the UEPs of those days. You understand my, my, my point? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think that too. And so now, now, now the development is now the development is. That's why what you're doing is so critical because the development is um, now towards um, uh, bringing those embodiments of leadership back to life um, yep. through our young people, but also utilizing hip hop, not necessarily making hip hop become that political right. figure or that or that social leader, um, you know, because just as because back then they didn't expect their entertainers to have any sort of um, leadership designation on a, you know, political national scale. You understand well, my point? Yep. And so, and so now it's the same thing. Like we, we have to breed a, our leaders and our um our statesmen and spokespeople and people who are going to take charge on that level um, outside of hip-hop, outside of, you know, being an entertainer. 
and that's that's real, and that's that's a very real thing that we can now break down and be able to actually sort of start to blueprint out how this is going to work. Um, and that's the shift of what hip-hop is supposed to grow into um, mm-hmm. is to be able to breed um, the new leaders and, you know, not just the new artists but the actual new leaders, the new doctors, the new the new everything, but with a hip-hop point of view, which simply means or which simply is everything we've been talking about um, um, about real talk and war going on, but it's you know it's rooted in a, a, a reality that is aware of the war and that is aware of their power within you know the 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 world. Period. All right, absolutely. I totally understand and agree. Um, I'm going to go on to the next question. This is a pretty interesting question, and this relates to the video for War Going On or for Real Talk, which you plugged earlier in the segment. But um, in your video, and again, this is relating to War to War Talk or uh, to Real Talk, you clearly have a strong dislike for President Bush, and that you portray him as a Hitler-like figure. In our recent readings from Kitwana, we learned about Rap the Vote as an effort to get African Americans and Latinos to the voting polls. We also learned how it is difficult to get people to vote for candidates who do not discuss their opinions on how to address the issues as lack of jobs in urban communities, as well as the lack of culturally integrated school curriculum, for example. Do you think that I'm sorry, I'm having technical difficulties. Do you think that um, any current presidential candidate has adequately addressed issues meaningful to the African-American community? And this is kind of taking this conversation into the political realm. So all that was said to ask, do I think any uh, presidential person has spoken to African-Americans? Yep, has spoken meaningfully issues with the African American community. Well, I'm sure they all have spoken meaningfully. I don't really pay much attention, honestly. I can't really say. Uh, but I'm sure they all have spoken spoken meaningfully to somebody within the African American community. You know, mm-hmm. like that's their job. They 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 do very broad brush speeches, so I'm sure they spoke to somebody meaningfully. But you know, there were a lot of people, especially in Milwaukee, you know, I'm a I'm an avid listener of twelve ninety and a lot of people were very disappointed with Obama and his kind of you know, and we know that he's kind of in a dilemma. He can't be too black. Um, but he's not black enough. And um I think that the specific interests of the black community are not always addressed. And so do you think that from your, you know, and again, I know that you like to kind of keep yourself out of that. However, do you think that there has been a candidate who has, and I think meaningfully can mean a lot of different things, but from a believable perspective to voters who are are not engaged in the um voting process and who um, are kind of not empathetic to the realities that are going on. Do you think there has been a candidate 
that has um, speaking that has spoken. You know, you know what I think. You know what right. I think is even. I think is even better is to answer your question. I think is even better is that um, Barack Obama has um, just by the fact that he's winning. That's mm-hmm. excited people. He, it don't even matter what he say. Like people don't even got to listen to what he say. They just know he's winning. So that's got them excited. Why? That's the meaningful expression. Why? Why? Why what? Why has it gotten people excited? That's gotten people excited and interested because, um, you know, naturally people like to see the underdog win. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, know, you people, consider him to be the underdog. Why? Well, I don't necessarily consider him to be the underdog, but I think that's the general perception of him, okay. you know, as far as him, um, because, you know, uh, basically it's just a it's a crooked situation, so the odds are against him, you know what I mean? Why is it crooked? Tell my students. I know why, but tell my students. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily, my, this is my personal uh, take on it from where I'm at. I just, I just know that um, it's a, this is not like no, it's not a country where the whoever the majority of the population vote for win the election. Um, when it comes down to the presidency, that's that's not how it goes in this country. And so, um, you know, that's pretty basic. So, you know, people might think that, uh, well, everybody want to vote for him, and people might think that he might win, but people also know that there's a reserve um, skepticism just based on history that, you know, yep. this it, it won't necessarily go based on what the people vote for. So they don't even really have that kind of confidence in, you know, the system, but they see somebody, you know, basically beating the system. You get it? So everybody can be kind of excited about that. So I don't think that's just, you know, speaking to black people or meaningful to black people. I think we've seen that that's meaningful to people across the board um, in this country. People are ready to see this, like, crooked system be kind of changed, and if he's like a representative of that or a face of that um, kind of transformation of the system, then that's that's what people are gonna go for. Okay. All right. So some more political questions that my students want to ask you: um, If Barack Obama becomes president, do you think it will be a step toward equality? Why or why not? Barack Obama became president. Um, Will it be a step towards equality? I think it probably would be a step towards. Um, it would probably be a definitely a step towards um, a conversation. Having conversation. Yeah. It'll it'd be, uh, be a start of a conversation, um, basically. Uh, equality, that, that kind of comes down to equal to what, you know, or equal Ex- to who. Explain that, because I, I, I totally agree with you. Well, I mean, I don't, I, that's what I mean. I'm not really in the position to explain that based on the question. I guess that's the person who has the question will have to say, like, what that equality is. Well, it's equality is. between the races. Equality, this is black reality, so equality between black and white people. Um, I don't know if they would be related at all. 
Explain. I don't know if one would have anything to do with the other. I don't. I, don't, I agree with you. I don't. <laughs> I don't think one would have anything to do with the other. I'm not sure. You're not sure. Hmm. But if that's the if that's the direction that the conversation will go in, um, based on that hypothetical, like if you know, then maybe um, that's a, a a healthy thing. Hmm. So the conversation is a healthy thing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I said the. I guess the the hypothetical of the conversation. Um, if it creates that possibility or the, even that visualization, like you first can visualize that that could be the possibility, that could maybe be the outcome, you know, if that sparks that, that, that vision in, in people's minds and people's hearts, then that, that could be a healthy thing, yeah. Do you ever think that if Barack Obama because, be, does become president, that it might reduce the urgency of the need to address race relations in the United States. One more time. Okay. If, let's say, hypothetically, that Barack Obama does become president of the United States, do you think that it could reduce the need for people to have conversations about race relations because, okay, we have a black president? You know what I'm saying? So, okay, now you guys are equal, which we know that's not true in the context of power. But if we have a black president, do you think that in any way that that could reduce the um, urgency to address the issues of race in the United States? No. No? Okay, explain. I don't think that it would reduce anything. I think it would just... I don't know, you know, I don't I don't really know, but hypothetically I guess um it would um uh, make people really have to kind of wear their racism. What oh Hypoth- hypothetically. Okay. Everybody okay. would have to wear their racism. And so, um hypothetically that means, you know, that's like you know, people have to, you know, pull their skeletons out their closet and all that kind of good stuff. Okay. Now, the final questions that we're going to get into are a little bit lighter in nature and probably easy for easier for you to answer. But one thing that I want to reiterate to your listeners who may have listened into the conversation that we had two days ago is that the conversation about the Queens of Paradise models was not an argument. It was not an attempt to... Um, discredit any of the business ventures or whatever the case may be, the taste and fees. It was a conversation about sexuality and the business agenda of hip-hop in general. And so it was a, a way to, to ask critical questions about how that works for people who are not in the industry, for people who are just observing hip-hop from a, from a perspective of, this is what I see on MTV. This is what I see on BBC. This is what I see on VH1. So I want your your listeners to understand that because as as I was listening to the conversation, it got a little bit heated, and it seemed as though people were taking their sides. and And again, yeah. I want to reiterate that that was, I think, a healthy conversation about the way in which the business 
of hip-hop is run versus the way in which hip-hop itself is conducted. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense, and I'm okay. I'm glad you cleared that up too. I was I was thinking about putting a little footnote on that myself, but I'm glad you cleared that up. And, yeah. Um, I, so again, I, I want people to know that I was asking a question that was posed by one of my students, which I think is a totally valid question, just from an observational perspective. From and somebody. I agree. And so, and and we got a little bit into it because, again, one of my interests are sexism and feminism and and how it relates to hip hop. But again, it was not an attack on Taste MCs. It was not an attack on the Queens of Paradise. It was just a critical conversation about the reality of sexuality in hip-hop. And, you know, one of the things that I teach my students is don't believe what I say. Question everything. I think that all all people and all students need to question everything. So don't just believe what I say. You do the research yourself, and you draw your own conclusions. But... Be realistic and be critical in the way that you address that. So I just wanted to make that clear for your listeners because I know that the conversation may have seemed kind of antagonistic, but it wasn't, and that wasn't the intent. So I just want your listeners to um, understand that. So. Well, I appreciate with, it, and my listeners okay. appreciate it as well. Okay, good. So with that being said, um, I'll go on to another question. Um, and I don't think I asked this the last time, but... Lyrics and form are creed and compass of hip-hop culture. What is one aspect you miss about the old school days of hip-hop and how you, and one that you welcome from the new generation? So what do you miss from the old school kind of vibe of hip-hop and one thing that you welcome from the new hip-hop generation? Um, that's a good question, I'm, and I think about it all the time. <laughs> I, I, I miss a lot of different things, uh, Honestly, but one of the things I miss um, in that it's 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 just a little harder to find it. It's there. It's just sometimes a little harder to find it. Uh, the way the way that it used to be, there was a lot of information um, uh-huh. in the early '80s, late '80s, early '90s. There was a lot of information, broad-based kind of information being shared through hip hop music that was um, what some might call occult information and mm-hmm. what uh, some people might call like um uh, what some people might call spiritual information it was just right. a lot of different kind of information that was being uh spread and it was also um transcending into the lives of the people and in, in the community created a certain vibration in the community people were dealing with a certain conversation based on the information that they were getting from this music that they were taking in all the time and it was newer and it was fresher and it was a little bit more uh rebellious at that time and so um I think for myself personally I listen even still I have I have referenced some of the older stuff lately um, because you learn different things in life, and so you know sometimes I learn things outside of hip hop in my readings or in my studies, and I and I'm like, wow, I learned about this in hip hop, in almost you know 12 years ago or something like that, just on the level of somebody dropping a name or dropping the name of a book in a song or in a line, and mm-hmm. they spoke about something that was maybe you know from ancient Egypt or spoke about something that was in the Holy Quran or some, spoke about something that was like. Yeah. You know, that was way advanced for where I was at, but I was ingesting it. I was taking it in, and so it was very 
very real to me, and so it inspired me to want to learn about certain things because, you know, there's so much information being thrown at me at a young age. And so that's another thing that I think that will be looked back and examined on about the early days of hip-hop is the type of information that was being shared and that was empowering a young mind um, and that was changing lives across the world. And so, you know, that's the reason um, for the attack. That's the reason for the the, the way hip-hop has been diluted and polluted and just totally just 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 garbage because um of the early early messages and the way that that was actually changing the societies um because the words have that much power so um I think now you know I welcome that and I and and now I look for that and now I I'm I'm all into that just as well and now I'm I'm pushing that out there myself I want you know, people to listen to my music and have that same sort of spark or have that same sort of uh, feeling like, wow, okay, that, that made me want to dig a little deeper into something else that I might, right. um, you know, be on or maybe not be on or maybe um, it may even just totally bring something new to my attention that I, that I want to um, actually share in that experience. And so that's one of the things that I miss about old hip-hop, and it was always – um, delivered in a way that was, um, you know, kind of, um, kind of welcoming. You know what I mean? It wasn't never an, on a, on a, on a uh, uh, arrogant way or or a way right. that was, you know, uh, condescending to the listener. In those days, it was more of a way where, um, let's sit out here, let's talk, or you know, let me teach you this, and, and so on and so forth. And you know, it, it just kind of got pushed to the background that, that, that message music that was really, really heavy message music because there was a brand of really, really, really heavy message music that was out yes. at a certain point in time. Absolutely. So when we talk about the new the new hip hop generation, I'm think I'm thinking that you and your listeners and I can think of many examples of artists and music that would constitute the new hip hop generation. What do you think that they have to offer that the old school doesn't didn't offer? Um, well, I think the old school just uh the older earlier days of hip hop just um wasn't able to um capitalize on what they were doing in the way that uh people are able to now. Okay. So and, and that capitalizing comes in terms of just a pure exposure, really. You know, to be able to say, well, um, this is what I'm doing, and you know, this is how I'm exposing it. So I think a lot of the older artists just suffered from having in, in that time era, um, uh, from being in a time where hip hop was not as um, much in a, in, a, in a corporate sense as it is now. So you know, it was it was one thing where the art was really really pure during that time mm-hmm. right. because it was more of a cultural thing because it wasn't corporate uh, driven totally. And it was reactionary, I think, the social conditions. Well, yeah, it was it was somewhat reactionary, but also it was just a natural action also. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's just a natural action for um, us to pick up a drum and start a party. Yeah. That's, 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 no matter where we at and what's going on. Um, we're gonna we're gonna create a beat, and we're gonna tell some stories, and okay. we're gonna share some lessons, and we're gonna dance, and that's just part of who we are. So yeah, um, that's that's, that's, that's yeah, and that's that's the way I like to look at it. Um, because you know before it was hip hop, it was something else, and it'll be, mm-hmm. it'll be something else. So that's just what happens. Okay. 
All right, next question. What do you see as the three biggest problems facing the hip-hop generation? The three the biggest three problems? The three biggest problems, yep. Um, I think the first one has to do with, um, like, the one that kind of encompasses all of our problems, and that's just for real, like, our unity. And okay. our unity is a problem um, because we've been divided in so many ways for so long. And so the concept of us coming together and us all coming together is kind of far-fetched to a lot of people. And um, a lot of people are far gone in their in their d- divisive ways, I guess you could say. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to, you know, I don't know, like, it's it's... it's you know, it, 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 it's really just that for me. It's, it's just that simple. Like, I think the biggest problem is just people need to, uh, in the hip-hop generation, um, artists, um, people within the business and the independent side of the business, um, people within the journalist side of the business, all the whole nine, um, people need to come together and work together. And so that will solve a lot of the other problems that, that exist uh, within the country, the society, the community, you know what I'm saying? That, that'll solve a lot of the yeah. issues that that's just, just affect us in our daily lives and our family um, because we we a lot of times suffer from a lot of the same things, but we're just not communicating correctly and we're not organizing correctly. So, you know, we need to get unified and we need to organize. And then we ain't even got to worry about number two or number three or number four. We ain't got to worry about none of that because we solve those problems when we start working together. So what do you think is preventing us from, and I think that, you know, the question was what are the three biggest problems, but I totally agree with you that the lack of unity within the hip-hop generation, which I think is an an ambiguous and kind of generic term. um, Yeah, but you know what, but you know what's real though? But that's that's kind of like, that's that's our fault that it's 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 kind of a generic and ambiguous term because it's real and it it really exists. It's just a matter of it being put into action. It's just a matter of it being put into a real action, a real uh, action that affects people. And I think that that's starting to happen because young people are starting to, as we were talking about earlier, that the music and the way of the the way of the music is starting to train um, our people to to definitely utilize their leadership skills and their and their orientation skills even and their hip hop skills to be able to um, organize movements. And we already right. see that on a lot of different levels. That's why everybody else want to utilize hip hop to build their movement because they see how our movement is already building, how, how things are already going, and so. Um, it's 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 not a stagnant idea or it's not a theory. It's actually something that's taking place. It's just a matter of a lot of times people from other cities communicating with each other, people from other communities communicating yeah. with each other, and, and, and you'll start to see that it's actually in action and in different places. Um, some of it is pretty it's pretty heavy, and it's but it's relevant um, across the board. And so I think that. You know, we should we should do ourselves the, the the favor of doing some homework and finding out what's going on in these different communities and yeah. seeing how we can be a part of them, seeing how we can implement some of these things at home. You know, and and, and that's just how it go down because with the internet now, you know, it's no excuse, and a lot of people are really stepping it up and trying to um, organize outside of the traditional forms, organize outside of the traditional parties of politics and so on right. and so forth, and that's all a part of hip hop. 
I agree. All right. So another question. Do you believe that your style and approach to the issues are different from the generation before you? If so, how? Um, I don't yeah, they have to be different because um, you know, what we come from is different and what they were taught from their parents is different, but you know, a lot of it is the same that we have to go up against. A lot of it is the same thing that we are all talking about that they were talking about. A lot of it is worse. So a lot of it is different, a lot of it is the same, you know, and you know, you could you could you could study what was going on back then and, and, and take a look at what's going on now and see how they equate and then you'd be thinking that you're doing something different, but you really realize you, you're just doing the same thing. It's just a different day. So how is the approach different? Um, I think I think now, um, you know, we're dealing with um we're dealing with a we're dealing with a deep a deep, deep, deep sickness. You know, people walking around yeah. um pretty much just, you know, kinda um, I don't know, it's kind of hard to identify uh, what it is sometimes for me because uh, people are, you know, kind of, you know, on a death march, as they say, where they yeah. you know, walk dead because, you know, people don't know what's going on and people are just waiting for something to happen because they just know that everything is messed up. Everybody just yeah. knows that this this can't be right. Everything can't be right because they've been lied to and, and, and it's like the movie The Matrix is like people walking around just living a lie and everybody knowing it, but everybody okay with it. Are we all okay with this? Are we gonna just continue this? Are we just gonna go to school, get a job, go yeah. home, drink a beer, die at the end of the day and just, you know, act like it never happened. But that's kind of the, the, the psychology of it all. But I'm not really um I'm not really trying to you know, go all off into that angle, but I'm just saying that, you know, people have to really choose their own self, whether they're going to wake up and whether they're going to change their own lives on a very basic level as far as taking in information, as far as taking in the truth, as far as taking in uh, uh, what's good for them so they can actually help others. Because most people, you know, they they are in the position they're in because of somebody else. So, you know, right. it's, nothing, it's nothing different based on the fact that we happen to be on the shoulders and, and in the books of, of, of all of the things that came before us, and we're trying to walk in those footsteps and trying to see what was done correctly and not done correctly and so on and so forth. But at the same time, um, it's just a, it's a new world. It's a new day because generation after generation, based on the, the, the levels of um, – education versus brainwashing, you know, yep. whether, you're, whether your generation is being educated or whether your generation and advanced or whether your generation is being brainwashed and yeah. and, 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 and led astray, you know. Mm-hmm. So now we're dealing with a couple generations later where, you know, we're dealing with a different kind of people, a different kind of youth, a different kind of mentality in the world. So, um, and that's just what it is, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's part of the... Uh, controlled demolition that was put on our people um, and put on our parents and put on our grandparents. You know, it was, it was a mental yep. demolition and it was it was a metaphysical, like, it was, they yes. were killed in a lot of ways. Yes. I love that. I totally agree. Yeah, for sure. All right. I know we only have 10 more minutes and I have two more questions, but I think they're pretty interesting questions. But 
the first of the second two questions is, what can an average white person do to be actively anti-racist? Other than people in positions of power who can influence policies and hiring practices, what can the rest of us do to make a difference? And that's from your perspective as a hip-hop artist. Um, what can... What can well, the average white person do to be actively anti-racist? Um, they could do a lot of different things. Um, like what? Like um, one example is they could uh, they could um, actively educate uh, uh, themselves and the people around them. Yeah. You know, and that's a start, of course. Um, yeah. They could also, um, and I, when I say educate, I, I mean actually, um, you know, taking courses like yours is a start. Mm-hmm. Um, learning more about the politics um, from a from the same perspective that they may be uh, struggling with. You know, if, if right. they don't, if they want to take it to race. You know, some people they deal with religion in a in a in a, in a in an evil way. Some people deal with sexism in a right. in an evil way. So, you know, whatever people's issue is, you know, I guess they have to explore it from that angle to try to figure out another way to have a better understanding right. for the sake of themselves. You know, not for the sake of nobody else, but for the sake of themselves. You're not doing it so you're not doing it for nobody else. You're doing it for yourself. Right. You know, it starts within. It's not like what can I do out in the world. No, you have to do something within. You can go within. Start there. Stay there for about 20 years, and then, you know, you'll figure out. You don't ask nobody else what you're supposed to do. You you go within, and you sit there as long as it takes, and you figure out, you know, what it is, and you and you fix that, and then you you have to answer. Yeah. Big answer. All right, final question. Will rap music remain the strongest medium for inspiration, or will this next generation, aside from the hip-hop generation, adopt something even possibly more effective? You know, that's that's a, um, that's a deep, deep thing. And I yeah. think about that every day, too. Um, and I think, um, I think you know, somebody asked me that question a long time ago, like, you know, what's after this? And right. um, I don't know. Um, and I don't know if that even remains to be seen. We might not even never see that. Honestly, this might be it. Um, yeah. This might be it, and that's how important of a time we live in. And that's how important of an expression we're dealing with, because um, people are wondering um, at the same time establishing it. And that question is even established that is, you know, how, how important and powerful the influence is. But um, what could be next? It would have to be more important and more powerful because that's just the, the, the order of nature. That's just how it works. So it would evolve into something definitely more powerful and something more uh, more more real, more real life. And, and, and um, that's, that's basically the way I see it. Do you see that brewing? I mean, hip-hop is relatively young, if you think about it, mm-hmm. in the context of history. So do you Absolutely. see any other movement brewing? I don't personally. But no, it's it's all you. it's all an extension of of what hip hop has because hip hop incorporates so much um, from the beginning. It has incorporated right. a little bit of everything, um, so it's kind of like 
um, I mean, from the beginning, it incorporated all different forms of music. And so um, I think that that's what makes it so unique in that way, that it evolves so many different ways over time because it's already encompassing everything. So it's just right. what comes out at a different stage and, and different time. You know, it's, and, and if we, you know, look deeper, and I, and I encourage all the listeners to listen deeper to music rather than what's just a popular mainstream, right. Um then you know you'll find all you'll find that cutting edge. You'll find that new sound that you thought wasn't out there. You know what I mean? Whatever you think right. is not done yet, it's there. It's already it's already out. It's, it's people are already rocking it. You just have to tune in. That's all. Okay. That's all. Well, that was that was my final question. Um, I want to thank you sincerely for addressing these questions because I know, especially in the first part of the interview, they weren't um, nice easy questions, but I think that they were important um, because I think that they brought up some of the main issues of contention that a lot of people who aren't into hip-hop culture are dealing with in the context of understanding hip-hop culture and its relation to U.S. society. And again, I want to reiterate to to listeners after listening to the first interview that this isn't an antagonistic conversation. It's a very real and critical conversation about the way in which hip-hop operates, not only within U.S. culture, but within Milwaukee, because I think that's very important, especially in the context of the students that I'm teaching. So um, I'm very grateful to Viva Fidel and Taste MC um, for allowing me to um, spread the message and to... Um, have their music be heard by the masses, as it said. So, any final words you have to say? Well, I just want to thank you um, for allowing me to participate in this way because it's a very powerful way, and um, I hope that we can do it again in the future. I hope that if any of your friend, uh, your students. Um, or any of the listeners have any follow-up that they comment on the page, or they can always email or shoot a MySpace message to GorillaPromo at gmail.com, or you can check out Viva Fidel on MySpace. Just basically search it, Google it, just find Viva Fidel. You'll do all the information, YouTube, all kind of free music out there, all kind of video content you can research and get the music, get the lyrics. And uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in once again to VRFIA International Revolutionary Radio. And hopefully we'll have some follow-up content about these conversations and about the course that you teach as well. Can I I come in real quick? Go ahead, sure. I need to um, encourage all of your listeners to watch the War Drums video and listen to War Drums. Um, I think that's another show. War drums. Yeah, yeah, you know what? And I, 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 I was thinking about, about taking them out with war drums. <laughs> that's what's up. We'll go out with war drums. This is also a song featured on the MySpace pages. Mm-hmm. And also um, you can, you know, email me, shoot me a message on the Blog Talk Radio. I'll shoot you the song. It's produced by Viva Fidel and Morphine Music. It's a collaboration from Milwaukee and Cape Town, South Africa, international South Africa. Health, hip-hop called War Drums. Explain the message. Listen to the lyrics. Peace. We out. Bring out the war drums Yeah, yeah The war is on at home This is the battle 
field, stolen land we standing on From revelations to genesis Hip-hop to proverbs, pushing the exodus The people power is under attack The pigs out of control, it's time to fight back History is now, it never, never. stops repeating You're gonna have to apply all that revolution you're reading You're gonna have to start bleeding for that God you believe in I'm talking about fighting evil in high and low places I'm talking flesh and faces, names and numbers I'm talking Turner and Tubman, freedom is bubbling Let me tell you something Hip-hop is a weapon, this is your gun This one is for killing, this is for fun You gotta know who to shoot, that's what pops always say Liberation is the word some scared to say These days it look like some awful times ahead So we spread the lessons, they get prepared Modern day disasters is next to expected Still explanations get neglected Cause everybody is so entertained Babylon killers in the street, simple and plain No shame, but that ain't gonna keep going down We bring out the war drums, some in the underground Summon the underground. Bring out the war drums. Summon the underground. The masses ain't never been moved by the devil's politics. Survival skills to us been real. Unite or die, that's the code we live by. People so quick to hate, it might be too late. You got a lot on your plate. Imagine if they infiltrate first thing. We gotta make sure we spread the news of revolution. Education changes things, that's the first solution. That go back to what Pop said. That's the reason so many soldiers end up dead for nothing. Let me tell you something. The people united still will never be defeated. Mind over matter, we gotta get it together. I could run down the list, but you already know. Cause the world is a ghetto. And it's police terror all over the map. Are you scared to strike back? Twice as hard. We ain't scared to die, but we got a right to live. And we've seen what they do to nonviolent leaders. Poor people with feelings, especially when they hungry and all their life they've seen their whole family struggle for money. Oh yes, it gets dangerous. And ignorance makes it murderous. This timeless music is for the movement. The elder schooling is no illusion. This is the final hour to reclaim your power and fly away. Some in the underground. Bring out the war drums, some in the underground. This whole system. 
system is set to self-destruct It's a critical time we need to get organized Represent so the shorties will know That it's something to fight for Lead them to the light so they fight the right war And teach peace to the chosen ones Swing the lyrical sword, bust a verbal gun All is one, when it's said it's done It ain't about black and white, it's about wrong and right We suffer so bad, not enough of us is mad Till it hit close to home, then all of a sudden it's on But it's 247, non-stopping, on and popping Emergency state of crisis Do you know how valuable your life is? Trying to get the comrades to get to recruiting Respond to your calling in the midst of confusion I can rewrite destiny, spitting into the mic Look into the future, tell you what's gonna happen tonight Speak it in code, so nobody will know Everything is on the hush, till they see the bum rush Communicate 